Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. Coming to Bard's Logic, Political Talk, part of the conservative conversation. And yes, uh, folks, we do need to stand uh, shoulder to shoulder if uh, we are to uh, defeat what is uh, going on uh, in this age of ours. Uh, We have a government that is filled, I hate to say, with hypocrisy, corruption, But we do have a president that's trying to fight it. Now, we have been trying to take care of for a long time. We finally have a president that's trying to do that. And we have a political party, which I dubbed on Twitter today, the Globalist Socialist Party of America. Anyway, sorry about the pause. I got a text while I was doing my monologue here. But anyway, 
And so for decades, there was even a movie in the 40s. Mr. Smith goes to Washington talking about the corruption in Washington, D.C. How many decades ago was that? In the 40s? 20 more years, that's going to be 100 years. In 20 years, in uh, three months. 20 years and three months, it's going to be 100 years since that movie came out. Sometime in the 40s, maybe, you know, or close to 100. And they're talking about the corruption in Washington, D.C. We finally got a president there who's trying to expose the corruption, do something about the corruption, and people hate him. But we know who hates him, and we know who the hypocrites are. You know, they want to talk, you know, about Trump and so-called, you know, an asset uh, to Russia or using Russia or somehow being poor, you know, <clears throat> part of working with Russia. Excuse me. So I didn't get a chance to watch the news today. Very busy. So, you know, I was actually trying to keep uh, look at you know how the vote's going to go tomorrow, Halloween, which may or may not be fitting for the vote on you know the you know continuing on with this uh, impeachment debacle. I'm also hoping that the Houston Astros, especially after what happened in uh, Washington, D.C. earlier this week uh, where you had a bunch of liberals and, of course, the media made a big deal out of it. You know, boo Trump. So it'd be great to see the Houston Astros win. So put all your thoughts, positive thoughts, I think they take the world series. I think that'd be a great uh, punch in the face to uh, the D.C. liberals. So I don't even know what the score is. Hopefully we'll get some updates uh, throughout the night. I haven't been watching that either. But anyway, tomorrow's Halloween, so happy Halloween for everyone. Happy free Halloween tomorrow. Now tonight we are going to show some of that democracy by talking about uh, Biden's PAC, which is led by someone who's also a foreign agent. United States citizen, but also a foreign agent. So the news that was drowned out by Trump getting booed. So, so it was actually bigger news that Trump got booed in Washington, D.C. during the World Series. Then, of course, the killing of the head of ISIS, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, is dead. And, you know, the liberals didn't say much about it. Of course, trying to defend this guy, the head of ISIS, and we also got his you know, the second man, the second hand as well. Second, the person who was going to take his place. But I don't know. Seriously, I tell you what, anyone out there, and that I'll get you on the line. And I do got articles uh, that we're going to go through tonight. From the Bards Logic Political Talk website, go to www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. And you go to the newsroom, you'll see some of the articles that we'll be discussing tonight. And so, to those who listen to the show, who are going to be planning for this upcoming election, the Democrats are giving you the mainstream media that support the Democratic Party. I say 
the propaganda arm of the Democratic Party. They're creating your commercials for you. We just start seeing in the general election, regardless of what Democrat gets elected for the nominee, use these clips about how the liberals and the media were defending and actually putting Trump down by saying stuff about this killer, this leader of ISIS. They're burning people alive, chopping off heads, killing women. Through my understanding, he had three children with him as human shields as he blew himself up so that he wouldn't be captured or killed. And then we have a liberal media that basically defends the guy and, and, and blasts Trump. These are commercials waiting to happen. Make these commercials. Here's the thing. It's not only President Trump's re-election that's happening next year. We're we're actually electing what the media is going to be like in the future. They're just as much on that campaign stand as Trump and whoever the Democrat nominee is going to be. A lot of people don't actually follow politics or the elections until we get to a general election. Save these video clips, folks. Those who make commercials, you know, for you know, for the candidate for Trump, save these clips. Or your packs. We're going to talk about a pack from Biden tonight. And these packs, when you want to pay for commercials, play these commercials about who these people are defending. And who these people are blasting? President Trump, during his administration, got number one and number two of ISIS. What did they have to say? What was bigger news for them? Trump got booed in a liberal town by fans at a World Series. That's what they made big news of. We're also going to talk about uh, Flynn. No, I say Flynn to get exonerated. I know he hasn't been exonerated yet, but let's put out some positive uh, thoughts out, some positive vibes out there so that he's vindicated, right? Let's get some vindication. Things are all going to come to the fore. Let's hope. Let's hope bar. There's plenty of other things to talk about. And then, of course, next week uh, we are going to welcome former Lieutenant Governor uh, from Florida onto our show. Next week, and that is going to be Jennifer Carroll. She'll be joining us to, uh, to talk about you know her experiences as lieutenant governor. We're also going to be discussing current events, you know, whatever's you know happening. We'll have her about twenty thirty minutes. We're working on some other folks. I reached back out to Laura Loomer. If we could try to get her on the show now, she's running for uh, now she's running for uh, city uh, council. I'm a council. Um, she's running. I think she's running for senate. So we'll reach out to have her on. We'll see. It's just taking time. Uh, she's just starting to run when I reached out the next time. But I promised uh, we will get to the articles, but I also promised that we'll get Suzette on the line. So let's go ahead and bring Suzette in. Uh, thank you very much, Suzette, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I am well. Thank you. Some good topics that you have lined up for this evening. 
Thank you. Thank you very much. And I mean, I you know I try not to to, to to yell raise my voice today because you know I'm watching my blood pressure. I'm actually having almonds <laughs> and grapes for dinner tonight, you know, with water because okay. I'm I'm watching my my sodium. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. wouldn't actually so, uh, ranting actually release some of that uh, blood pressure? You know, as far as like a tea kettle, yeah, you know, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that 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 that's yeah, that could be good. Um, if you could go on a so, one with uh, that first one. <laughs> oh, the one no, I just—I mean, yeah, I, yeah. If you want to hear me totally go off, which you know, those who are long-term listeners to the show know that that doesn't happen very often. But yeah, it was what two, three weeks ago that I just went totally ballistic. I <laughs> 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 mean, also yeah, with F bombs and everything else. <laughs> yeah, I'll throw an F bombs and everything else. But here we're we're not regulated here um, by the FCC here on on uh, Blog Talk Radio, so that's good. I think that gives us a lot of freedom. Not that I want to be able to draw, throw F bombs and say whatever, but I do like the idea right. that they're not going to try to be like, <clears throat> you know, you can't say that. So. Yeah, it's nice to know that you can do it. <laughs> exactly, and and so. Uh, you know, do you have any uh, opening comments or monologue that you'd like to do before we, we get to our first article and topic for tonight? Uh, well, not really, other than just uh, your last comments there as far as supporting uh, Flynn and his exoneration and the information that's uh, that's coming to the surface now, finally. Uh, but And you're right, the media won't report it, but that leaves it to us, our job, the broadcasters, the, uh, what is it, the journalists, citizen journalists out there need to get the word out, and I think they will. And that's about it. <laughs> Back to you. Well, and that's, I mean, and seriously, that's it. I mean, the, the, the quote-unquote media, the media is not the media anymore. They are truly the propaganda arm of the DNC. That's what they are. They're the propaganda arm mm-hmm. of, the, of, of the DNC. And Absolutely. they're not going to cover stuff like, uh, well, we got this article coming up. But we also have uh, Dr. Torbert on. Let's bring in Dr. Torbert, you know, our panel here, and let's uh, bring him on. And then, you know, we'll, we'll get in uh, to our, our topic our uh, for the night, our, our first article. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Torbert, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Doing well. And I just wanted to just get into the two things that you were talking about. One is that if I believe that the president has to make a statement that any member of the FBI or the CIA that worked with Obama, Mueller, Comey, or the will be given exoneration and no charges will be brought against them because they were following in line with the people that were their supervisors. And if they should just come out in the open and reveal all the hidden factors that was being done by the Democratic Party, and in so doing, there would be multiple groups of individuals. When we went to the president February last year and asked for a total investigation of the FBI and CIA, I believe now he just needs to take a stand. Then Flynn and multiple groups of individuals will just be given a, a complete pardon. That's number one. Number two, we just sent a new article to the president, and the, in the article, we covered Sawyers and Romney, where Romney owns Clear Channel and over 800 radio stations. 
and that Sawyer's is now involved with multiple TV newspapers and other articles. So the entire media that you're talking about that is not doing its job is actually owned by two individuals. These same two individuals own also the voting machines that were originally manufactured in India, then remanufactured in Venezuela, that has caused the corruption of the voting. So as you get into your two conversations and people start monitoring, let's go back with Trump saying, okay, we understand the same thing as this this major that turned himself over to the Democrats and has now released information, and he was part of the uh, chain of command. So if he had an issue by the law of being a member of the United States Forces, you have to go to the IG, and from the IG through the system, you cannot go to Congress, the House of Representatives, and report information on the military. It is totally unconstitutional. It's just a chain of command, and it's out of order. So this is an individual that should be released from active duty for breaching the sworn uh, documents. You know, I'm a retired 21-year member of the armed forces, and when I listen to people that breach the complete military standards and don't use the proper procedures, I don't understand why Trump hasn't just said you're relieved of duty, because as an Army officer, it just takes the commander-in-chief to say you're relieved of duty. That's as simple as it is. So I'll let you take it from there, Robert. Well, that's really uh, appreciate it, Dr. Tober. And let's uh, we'll go ahead and got here. And, and again, this could be found on the uh, Bard's Logical Talk website on the uh, Bard's Logic Newsroom page, and it's from the Federalist. Uh, and this is a article. Just a couple of days, actually, yesterday. Not even a couple of days. So who, you know, I don't know how many people are, are even you know talk about this yet. But it says the head of Joe Biden's new super PAC is a foreign government agent. Biden's new PAC is being run by a registered foreign agent for Azerbaijan. Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden has a brand new super PAC in his corner. It's being run by a registered foreign agent for the government of Azerbaijan, Larry Rasky, a lobbyist who previously worked as a top campaign operative for Biden, is listed as the treasurer of the PAC, according to records filed with the Federal Election Commission. A former Joe Biden aide has filed paperwork to form a super PAC called United Unite the Country. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> the Democrats don't do that. But anyway, that is set to boost the former vice president with millions of dollars in spending in the 2020 Democratic primary, uh, presidential primary, Politico reported on Tuesday. Reports filed with the Department of Justice show that Rasky is also a registered foreign agent lobbying on behalf of the government of Azerbaijan. The records which were filed pursuant to the Foreign Agency Agent Registry Act show that Rasky was hired by the Azerbaijan government on April 23, 2019. Federal documents signed by Rasky show that he reports directly to Eileen Silomanov, Azerbaijan's ambassador to the United States. The government of Azerbaijan will pay Rasky a minimum monthly non-refundable fee 
The monthly fee for services provided of $15,000 per month. Well, I guess it's not, I guess it's not the $50,000 per month that uh, Biden was get, but still. Plus a 5% administrative fee as described below. Rasky's contract with the foreign government states, the monthly fee totaling 94500 shall be paid in two equal installments. The initial payment of 47250 is due upon the signing of the agreement. Uh, the second payment of 47250 is due on July 15, 2019. Rasky changed the name of the PAC from for the people to unite the country on Monday, according to FEC filings. The filings do not state which country Rask intends to unite on, behind, on Biden's behalf. Uh, Political reported in August that Rasky also explored going into business with Hunter Biden and James Biden, the former vice president's younger brother. At one point, Rasky plans to provide million dollars toward the Biden's purchase of Paradigm Global Advisors, a hedge fund. James and Hunter brought in Larry Rasky, a lobbyist and longtime Biden advisor, who at one point, according to court records, was going to provide $1 million in financing, Politico reported. Rasky did not respond to a request for comment. Biden's campaign has been dogged by allegations that he corruptly used his influence as vice president to steer lucrative business, business contracts to his at a 2018 event organized by the Council on Foreign Relations, Joe Biden, who was tasked by the then-President Barack Obama to lead the U.S. government's efforts in Ukraine, bragged about threatening to withhold a billion-dollar loan guarantee if the Ukrainian government refused to fire a prosecutor who was reportedly investigating a gas company that paid Hunter Biden millions, which I mentioned earlier, the $50 million, of dollars to sit on its board. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars, Biden said. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here, I think, was about six hours. I looked at them and said, I'm leaving in six hours, Biden recalled. If the prosecutor is not fired, you're going to get, you're not going, I'm sorry, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch, he got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid at the time. After Shopkin was fired, he was replaced by Yuri Lutensinko, who, who also has been dogged by allegations of corruption. The Obama administration never demanded Lutensinko's ouster, despite worries that Lutensinko was similarly corrupt and trust untrustworthy. Recent congressional testimony, uh, George Kent, a State Department official who worked on the agency's Ukraine portfolio, contradicted claims that the Obama administration was merely following the lead of the so-called international community and demanding the firing of Shokin. As the Federalist previously reported, Kent told lawmakers the Obama administration spearheaded the efforts to have Shokin removed from his position as the federal prosecutor in Ukraine. Kent said the international community, namely the International Monetary Fund, or IMF, and Western nations with the European Union were deferential to U.S. directives on the matter. The news that Biden's super PAC is run by the agent of a foreign government will likely complicate the former vice president's efforts, blunt the narrative that his government duties are for sale. Azerbaijan is not the only foreign entity that Rasky has recently represented. He and his former 
uh, he and his firm also lobbied on behalf of Bangladesh or Bangladeshi political party through January of 2019, or oh, Bangladeshi political party through January of 2019. Rescue partners uh, will engage in message development, outreach to influence, media monitoring, media relations, strategic counsel, and research. The filing declared. Rescue's firm received more than 86,000 from the contract the federal records show. Previously run by Rasky, also represent a foreign officials of Japan, Hungary, Congo, and Serbia. On Wednesday, Rasky told the Federalists that notwithstanding the previous contract with Azerbaijan filed with DOJ, his firm has terminated its relationship with Azerbaijan effective August 27, 2019. Rasky's attorney formally filed the termination notices with the DOJ the same day. So You know what? You know, I mean, we'll, we'll have to, you know, look more into that. But hopefully, you know, more of this is, you know, whether they, uh, you know, terminated uh, the relationship or not. This definitely is something that I think it needs to get more more light on it, uh, because you know, again, I think it's a, a good illustration of liberal hypocrisy when, you know, they they talk about Trump, but then you know the, you see them, you know, turn around and do the, you know, the same thing with. With other people. I mean, I know we got to work with stuff with other nations, but I hope they know that there's going to be, you know, a magnifying glass on these things. At least I hope so. I mean, it certainly won't be done by the the media, uh, you know, the mainstream media. But you know, as, as you pointed out earlier, Suzette, you know, that's going to need to be done by folks like us. Um, and so, you know, I got the article there, Suzette. I mean, if, if you uh, heard anything on that or, or, or want to elaborate on on you know on that article. No, it's always one of those things that uh, don't look over here, nothing to see. What we do is legit, and if somebody else tries to do it, uh, well, then we're going to call foul and traitor and treason and everything else, um, unpatriotic and needs to be dethroned, you know, as far as removed from office. And so you just get tired of the hypocrisy that goes on and on and on and on. And... You know, if the media did their job, then they would, the people, the American people wouldn't be so much at odds that they're basically at their throats, each other's throats. And that's only because one side is just fed up with the other side not being informed and, you know, um, throwing allegations and calling names and you get to a point where it's enough. But they're so brainwashed that they don't want to hear it. They don't even want to know the truth, even if you ask them to consider something else. Uh, it's, it's not It's not even a thought. You're just cut off, and they walk away, and they throw call names. And, and it's just so unfortunate because there are corrupt people in our government, and, and they're so blatant now. You know, it's not hard. You can find the information online, but these people will just not accept it, and, I, you know, you just get tired of it. Back to you, Robert. Oh, yeah, certainly. And, you know, that, that's why I'm glad, you know, that things like this need to come out. Uh, you know, they need to, you know, get more national light, you know, because, you know, it, it, sometimes it's these little things that mean a lot. Ha <laughs> no pun on that commercial. I, I won't even say what type of commercial it's for, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, you know, I, I agree with you. I mean, 
you have these things, and of course, it's one of the things that they'll do it like this, like the super PAC. And again, speaking of super PACs, you know, for the super super PACs out there uh, for Trump, I mean, I'm telling you, use these things about what we're going to talk about later in the second half of the show. Uh, you know, use use these as, as, as possible commercials. I'm telling you, because you know, let the American people, you know. When they're watching these, you know, and put them on like news stations that, you know, that aren't cable stations. Not everybody's got cable, so you, you definitely want to put some on there as well. Uh, but anyway, let's go. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on that, Doctor Colbert? I go back into you know what we do on a daily basis. We spend three to five hours on research. We put together multiple articles that are put out by groups of individuals that are not in the main media. We then go to when they post the Senate uh, speaking or the president speaking, and you have 100,000 or two or 300,000 people listening. We then post these articles on their sites. We put it on Twitter. We put it on Facebook. And we put it on Lincoln. So I think what has to happen is people like you, myself, and Susan and other people just got to spend a couple hours doing the homework, doing the research, coming up with conclusions and putting in summaries. So the news media that you have today with CBS is now changing their view uh, on a couple items. And I'm not sure why they're doing that. They're actually said some things in support of Trump, which is an unusual thing because um, all the news media are in violation of the uh, rights of the Federal Trade Commission and the uh, uh, things that are supposed to be done. You cannot put out false information without losing your uh, license. So I'm not sure why there hasn't been charges filed by the president and by the government uh, closing down all these people that filed false information because it's totally not within uh, the rights of of the uh, license that they get. Go ahead, Robert. No, I mean, and, and, and certainly, I mean, and, you, and one, you know, we talk about Barr and, and Durham. We'll see. Now, not not necessarily, you know, just uh, Biden. I mean, what what they're doing has, uh, frankly, nothing to do with that. But you know, I mean, it's it's part of you know draining the swamp, right? I mean, that's what Trump said is he's going to look at you know draining the swamp, and that's what he's trying to do. You know, and then also with him, you know. You know, trying to have ongoing. Remember, these are ongoing investigations. They're trying to say, you know, I'm not tired of talk about the you know, this quid pro quo stuff, you know. But you know, they're trying to say that, you know, oh, he, these are investigations that were already happening. So, the, I mean, how can you have, you know, one point that I, you know, you don't hear a lot of is, I mean, if, the, if these are investigations that should have already been ongoing, how can it be, you know, quid pro quo for him to say, well, just you know, continue what you're doing? <laughs> I mean. And there wasn't any – I mean, I read the transcripts. I mean, now, of course, we got the one guy coming out saying – I'm trying to remember his name – who's saying that, oh, well, the, the, the transcript actually has uh, you know, has stuff in there that was omitted. You know, we'll, we'll see what, uh, you know, what comes of that. Yeah, yeah but also we have – go ahead. Yeah, they actually did have uh, uh, proof that there was a lot of things that was being done by the Democrats and the committee 
that were omitted, and now they're finding out these omissions. And this is where the newspapers are now coming out and the televisions are actually going against the Democratic Party for some reason, which I find unusual this last uh, three or four days where they're actually showing the truth. I think that one of the reasons is they're losing their audience, so they're swaying a little bit more toward the middle where they're supposed to be. Go ahead, Robert. Yeah, and then I was just looking at this other this other article. I mean, and, and speaking of that, you know, we, you and you mentioned this, Suzette, is you know it, it's going to take you know it's going to take these you know, these smaller people who are doing real you know journalist investigations and 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 these smaller non alphabet suit non national uh, you know publications and things of that nature who are actually doing you know, the journalistic work, the doing the research, the just, you know, stating the facts, looking at the things that, you know, the mainstream media, of course, is not uh, doing that. But, you know, we got a new, uh, you know, another article here talking about, you know, uh, the Bidens is, you know, Hunter says, you know, and this isn't talked a lot about. And I mean, these, and this, this, this country is the ones we really got to be concerned about, but you don't, you don't ever hear it. It's always about Russia. And this is China. I mean, China is the, the nation we actually need to be, be watching out for. You know, not you know, not Ukraine, not Russia. I mean, th- I mean, Russia is what the fifth, uh, you know, or eleventh. I can't remember. It was like the fifth, and the eleventh economy in the world. I mean, Russia. I think Italy's economy mm-hmm. is even bigger than Russia's. You know, so China. So th- those are the folks, and in, in the dealings with China, I think, is what we really need to uh, to look at. Um, and the, but you know, here it says, uh, and this is from the Washington Free Beacon. Says Hunter Biden's China entanglement sparks concern in the Senate. Investigators probing potential conflict of interest in Hunter Biden's ties to $600 million Chinese takeover. Um, it says it wasn't just Ukraine. A U.S. senator is now investigating whether Hunter Biden improperly benefited from his ties to a Chinese investment firm that has partnered with a Chinese backed aviation company keen on stealing U.S. national security secrets. See what I mean? <laughs> Senate Finance uh, Committee Chairman Chuck Grassley received a classified briefing about the foreign investment deal on Friday, the Washington Free Beacon has learned. Uh, the Aviation Industry Corporation of China has raised national security concern in the U.S. before. American national security officials and independent analysts strongly suspected that the company, a major supplier of military jets in China, has hacked U.S. networks to steal the design of uh, F-15 jet and used the design to build its own stealth jet fighters. Tonya, we've got China that that is, you know, that they're getting their air power, okay. And now, you know, they're they're working on space, they're working on air power. You know, those are the folks that we really need to watch out for. And they want to, you know, the Democrats want to focus on China, on on Russia, which didn't ever seem to be a big deal, and you know. Uh, even to the the previous administration, you know, un- until recently. But anyway, we'll you know continue here. Um, it says in 2015, the Chinese aviation giant partnered with BHR Partners, a state-backed Chinese equity firm, to acquire Hengnes Automotive, a U.S. auto company that produces technologies with military co- applications. Biden has sat on BHR's board since 2013. Okay, so think about it. He's been on the board prior to, you know, Trump being 
you know, in office, so you can't just say all oh, this is Trump. I said the $600 million acquisition was the largest by a Chinese company of U.S.-based auto company. Officials from the Treasury Department, Commerce Department, and Office of the Director of National Intelligence gave Grassley an extensive classified briefing, according to Michael Zona, Grassley's communications director. Chairman Grassley intends to review additional material and will contact the agencies with follow-up questions in the coming weeks. Zona said while he declined to comment on the substance of Friday's briefing, citing its classified nature. Zona said the senator would have more to say at a later date. Grassley initially raised concern about the deal in an August letter uh, pointing to potential Obama-era conflicts of interest. The State Department, then led by John Kerry, see all these people, all these names coming up, and I think these are the people that you know Barr and uh, Durham need to be looking at as well. Uh, I, I think I'm telling you things. I'm hoping, I'm hoping things start coming ahead with this stuff. But anyway, so John Kerry had to approve the deal. Kerry's stepson, Christopher Hines, works side by side. See, see how it's all con- getting all connected. And you, you, you like you, you see how that that happens. So to uh, Dr. Tolbert, Christopher Hines worked side by side with Biden at another investment firm. Biden's father, Joe Biden, was the vice president at the time the deal was approved. Uh, Grassley has requested detailed information about how the deal was approved, what role White House personnel played in the decision, and whether they fo- followed proper procedure. There is cause for concern that potential conflicts of interest could have influenced the CFIUS approval of the Hengsi's transaction, Grassley wrote in the letter. CFIUS is the interagency committee that determines whether a foreign investment in the United States is a national security risk. Accordingly, Congress and the public must fully understand the decision-making process that led to the Hennigy's approval and extend the CFIUS fully considered the transaction's national security risks. While Biden's lawyer said the client has not made, uh, made a dime off his business relations with BHR Partners, Government watchdogs aren't buying it. I'm going to guess Hunter Biden has had the opportunity to trade in on his name in the United States, said Scott Amy, general counsel at the nonprofit watchdog Project on Government Oversight. And it really is questionable to cash in, and it, and it is real. And it, I can't even talk tonight. And it really is questionable to cash in on foreign governments, especially those that have an adversarial approach and philosophy to the United States. Yeah, we shouldn't be having anything like this. We shouldn't allow anything. We, a Chinese corporate and, a, and you know, a, a Trump, I think, uh, put a stop to this too, you know, that no more Chinese, you know, buying, you know, more, no more Chinese buying up, you know, American companies. I mean, that's ridiculous. Why would we want them? Why, why would we want to do that? Why would we want to let someone who is an adversary of the United States, and that's, you know, not mince words, that's exactly what they are, and have them own anything in the United States. I mean, that's ridiculous. Why, why would we allow them to do that? It's basically, you know, give, giving your enemy a foot in the door to do that. So the Biden has a like, back to the article here. Go, go ahead, Dr. Tolbert. Yeah, your answer to that question is socialism. What has happened is that the major corporations made a determination, and the Bush family was part of it, is sell everything out to China. They then made major money out of it. I just sent you a thing for 142 years. The United States was number one in the economic basis. 
China just now took took over that position. Uh, Ford Motor Company, General Motors, and all of our motor companies went there. Uh, we took our products. They stole our goods and products. All your stores, uh, take Walmart for an example. For every dollar you spend at Walmart, 90 cents goes back to China. So the argument is that there is a economic basis on the jobs and the employment of people working in America that would not have a job in Walmart, and they're not looking at if Walmart closed, your small businesses would be back and active again, and then we would be producing goods and products. So there was an argument the other day when I was talking about the draft, and it's the same situation. We're not looking at things from the big picture. We're only seeing the little picture. And, you know, well, I got a job at Walmart, and if they close Walmart, you know, I won't have a job. Well, guess what? Your money's all going to China. It just overtook the United States, who has led for 142 years because we allow this to happen, Robert. Yeah, and, 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 oh, go ahead, Suzette. I was just going to say real quick that um, all these things that are happening are working towards that agenda of the one world government. And so, you know, they place themselves in strategic positions in other countries, um, you know, to either pit themselves against each other to take one another out, uh, and they while lining their pockets and with their overall goal of controlling, you know, the world, the countries around the world. Yeah, we wrote an article five years ago called Bring Jobs Home based on that same comment that the one world economy, the the United Nations, uh, the Catholic Church, the Jesuits, uh, Sawyers, and other groups of individuals, by closing down the United States and opening up a border the way they're doing it is just really creating an economic uh, fiasco, which is where the Democrats and socialists are taking us. And the American people need to change the way, and they need to really uh, brief the president because he's not being briefed by his staff at all. Go ahead. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, he still has a lot of deep state, deep state, uh, deep state actors in his administration. I mean, that's the sad thing about it. Yeah, you know, he's still. I mean, he's, there's still a lot of them in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this, the new article we just sent was only five pages in length, and we normally send a hundred pages. But the one that went out yesterday, uh, we sent it to Mar-a-Lago, to Trump, and to Dorsey, who just took over uh, the position of the personal uh, secretary of the president, and to the president at the White House. You know, breaking down exactly what we're talking about here is these small violations that everybody looks at are not really as small as people imagine. And he has a need in his staff for, and I don't want to say like someone like me and my editor and other individuals, but I think there are people like myself and you and my editor and people that should be more advising the president than a Republican or a Democrat. And, and we're not doing it. Uh, it's just a situation. Uh, the article is on uh, calledtoduty.org is the article that went out yesterday. Uh, I think people would find it interesting. 
because it's going to cover mostly what is being said tonight on the show. Go ahead. Man, just a little update, uh, you know, uh, just a little update tonight. Uh, if you're listening to the, you know, or, or care about the, and really, I, I normally don't care about the World Series. To be honest, I don't care. I don't care that much about baseball. But I, I do really want the Houston Astros to win uh, because of what the, you know, what happened in Washington D.C. with with Boo and Trump, uh, Boo and Trump there, and um, you know. So, but unfortunately, they're, they're they're losing right now, three to two in the. Uh, I guess the middle or the bottom of the seventh. Uh, they're in the bottom of the seventh. But I tell you, the seventh inning is not the uh, it's not a good uh, inning for uh, for the Astros. Uh, at least the last two games. Cause, I mean, uh, they were uh, they were down, you know they I think the Washington scored three uh, runs in the seventh last night and looked and they they, they did it again tonight. So let's go ahead and you know I mean even if you don't care about baseball and you, know, you know put these. Try again. Put those try, put those positive thoughts out. Like, uh, come on, Houston, you know, because I really don't want. I mean, I, at first I didn't have any skin in the game. I really didn't care. But now after that happened uh, Sunday night, now I now I actually care. So. <laughs> yes, I understand that. Uh, I sent you a message through your Bart's Logic contact uh, about. I sent a story to you that kind of coincides with what you're talking about um, with these. You know, people that are showing up on the Democrat side having ties to foreign countries. And I'm not sure if you know or if you've read yet about the whistleblower complaint against Trump and, and the Soros funded connections that uh, that person has. So I sent you the story. It's from uh, Epic Times. But uh, yeah. Yeah, that, and um, that's kind of an up. Actually, yeah, I mean, I, I, they were. Um, yeah, Epic Times. I think they're they're trying to be a, a you know an up and coming uh, news organization. I know well I, at the the Trump rally I was at, uh, they were um, they were there you know passing out you know flyers and pamphlets and stuff like that. So yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, you know that de- you know definitely will you know we'll, we'll try to keep an eye on them um, on that. And so, oh yeah, they had, they had talked. They well, the story. There was a few other outlets too that had talked about that Soros connection, uh, the Washington Examiner, and um, but the Epic Times goes into more connections with them. And then, of course, the new uh, person that uh, witnessed against the president, um, Alexander Vidman, and his ties to the Ukraine family ties. Uh, he's an American citizen who. Uh, the refugee that his family moved here in 79, but where they live is basically Odessa, is what they call it, um, and it's um, uh, Ukrainian, basically immigrants that uh, live in that community. But uh, he also has ties, and he once was working for the administration uh, for President Trump, and I don't believe he still is. I think he left, but um, anyway, he's testifying against Trump on that Ukraine call, and it's just, just so ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, so we got a lot of foreign agents and um, double agents. <laughs> it's just, you just, all these, you just keep popping up, you know. I'm waiting to see what surfaces more from China but uh, and, and more ties with the Democrat Party. They've just got their hands in everything. 
Well, I mean, and, and I have to admit, I mean, I mean, they were the the liberals really have, you know, interjected themselves in key places to try to to, to push their, you know, push their agenda. They really have. I mean, I mean, look look at what I mean, academia, you know, you know, the colleges and 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 now even high schools and, and grade schools, the media. I mean, anything that you know, the, the you know, two things that literally go out to practically everybody, right? I mean, everyone goes to school in America, pretty much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everybody mm-hmm. either listens to the radio or watches some type of news. Just, just the way that the liberals, you know, and how they did it so under the radar, I don't know to be honest, but they've done it. They were masterful. I have to admit, they were masterful in getting in those. You know, in those positions to be able to to, to push that. I mean, I, I like to see you know, well, you, you know, I'd like to see more, you know, more things happen. You know, get you know, get more conservatives out there to you know, in academia, in you know, in the media, in Hollywood. I mean, look how they, you know, you know, which I find ironic for all these socialists. And I mean, I know I'm going off a little bit of a tangent, but what I find out. What I find the most ironic about these these liberal, uh, you know, P, uh, these liberal actors that you know act like they hate capitalism, is that it's capitalism mm-hmm. that made them so wealthy. It's capitalism yeah. that yeah. that gave them in the position that they're in. All these entertainers, absolutely. And and so, so what are they thinking? I mean, if they're just so willing to give everybody else's money away, why aren't they writing any checks or opening their doors for these? Uh, illegal aliens and so forth, you know. But they're not there oh, to yeah. do that. They're just there to tell everybody yeah. else how to live. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's more liberal hypocrisy. I mean, think of it this way: is that they're always like, "Oh, well, why don't you take in all these aborted babies? If you don't want babies to be aborted, why don't you just why don't you just accept all these babies into your home?" Well, you know what? Well, conservatives now need to just turn around and say, "You know what? What about all illegal immigrants? If you want them in our country, why don't you take them into your homes?" Why don't you raise yep. them? Why don't you feed them? Why don't you clothe them? Why don't you educate their children? We need to turn it around. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not in bars logic after dark yet, but conservatives got to get some balls. I mean, seriously, we 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 need because we we want to conservatives want to you know look be the we want to look professional. That's why there's some some conservatives that hate Trump. They want to look professional. We want to look, um, you know. I, I don't know what what other word you. I mean, I'm sure there's like you know we want to look we want to we want to look like we're proper. We want to look like we're professional. I what I got to right. say about that is the hell with that. The hell with looking proper. The hell with being professional. We need to give just like I'm saying. We know conservatives need to get out into the street. You know, and and and, and do something. You know, picket, show, have signs. You know, showing how we're disgusted with the deep state. You know, show signs how we're disgusted with the with, with what the Democrats are doing. But you know what? But as I said, you know, we're too busy doing. We're too, we're too busy trying to raise our families. You know, but I was just gonna say we're working and raising families, and yeah, we're, we're and, <laughs> no and businesses. <laughs> yeah. And yet these liberals have all the time in the world. In fact, that is some of their job. Some of them have jobs doing that professionally, is well, being out in the streets and so forth. So, you know, we have to get a big money donor in order to hire people to be out there against them. But other than that, yeah, we're just you know making hand over fist as far as you know to uh, to live our lives. 
Mm-hmm. No, that's that, that. Yep, that's for that's for certain. Yeah, we are. But you know, so, I mean, some some kind of paradigm is going to have to change. Now, I mean, I'm still. I mean, here we're getting all like worked up, and I'm getting worked up, and this and that. And then I got to sit back and think. You know what? I think there's enough people out there who know this. I mean, because I mean. I, I know Twitter is a microcosm, and I really don't go on Facebook all that much anymore. I think, you know, and and here's here's something that I do is I follow on Twitter. I here's what kind of gives me hope is when I go on Twitter, I I I don't really follow and read too much of what's being said by conservatives, you know, because I mean I don't want to be in an echo chamber. I don't want to be in an echo chamber. Right. I'm 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 watching what people are posting on when 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 you know, Elizabeth Warren puts something out or or that Adam Schiff puts something out or Kamala Harris puts something out on Twitter. What I look for is what are the responses? Am I seeing more liberal responses or am I seeing more conservative responses to what these what these people are saying? Mm-hmm. And I would say a lot of times I, I actually see pe- more people who are saying, "Look, we know this is bullshit." Some people are like, "Oh right. yeah, this is great. I love you." Blah blah. blah. I think I, more people. I, and then I'm not saying that you know that's what. I mean, I think it's a microcosm. And I'm not saying there's anything scientific to say. Oh yeah, because you know I see this. But if you think, you know, w- w- you know, Jim Connor Jr. comes on, he follows elections. You know, watch the uh, watch the vote USA dot com. Is he's like, you know what? He, what he says, you know how it does, he, I can't stop. Said, you know, I know that Donald Trump was going to be the president. Says, oh. or at least, at least win Ohio. Said, you know how, oh, how yeah. Donald Trump was going to? I knew Donald Trump was going to win Ohio. He says, because I traveled all around the state and I seen Trump signs everywhere. <laughs> I seen where people were supporting Trump everywhere. Trump signs here, Trump signs there. They're all over the place. Yeah, yeah you'd see the occasional <laughs> Hillary Clinton, but Trump signs were everywhere. You know, and I kind of think about that for Twitter. Like, people are like, "Look, we know you're bullshit. We we know it." I, I and, and the thing is, it's the Democrats. I, I mean, not everybody. I mean, I got a colleague at work. I mean, I really like the guy. Um, anyway, he's a liberal. Well, I just lost uh, Doctor Tolbert. I hope he calls back. Um, you know, li- liberal. You know, nice guy. You know, as a, as a colleague. But you know what he told me the other day? You know, the, you know, but you know. Black guy, nice guy, you know, Spoken. definitely. But you know, what he told me the other day. You know what time? Spoken. You know what? In, in the in the in the near future, you know what he said? He's the most afraid of. He says <clears throat> he's most afraid that if Donald Trump doesn't win in two thousand and uh, you know, in twenty twenty, he's worried about uh-huh. what those last ten. He's worried about what those last ten weeks of him in office are going to be like. The, the Democrats have succeeded. The Democrats have succeeded, and and, and this, again, what Democrats do is they do projection. They blame on Trump what they are doing. They try to say Trump is promulgating fear, but it's not Trump yeah. promulgating fear. It's the Democrats. My my friend is, and he's a liberal, and I did consider him a friend. But he's genuinely afraid of what Trump will do if he loses the election in those last ten weeks. I try to alleviate his fears. Like, like I said, even if Trump would loses, which I don't think he will. I mean, I, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm still pretty confident that you know he's going to win because, uh, again, looking at Twitter, thinking there, there's too many people out there 
that know this is all bullshit what the Democrats are trying to do. Now, there are people like my friend who they have made fearful of what could happen if Trump loses. Well, I kind of, I kind of played with him a little bit. So if you're afraid about what Trump's going to lose or do if he loses, then vote for him. <laughs> well, you know, you're not going to happen. But I'm like, if you're afraid of that, vote for him. Um, and so, no, but you're right. But you're I mean, but he, on that. There are people but he's genuinely afraid. The They're afraid he's going to yeah. start a civil war. Mm-hmm. Or that he won't leave office. Or, you know, just all these things that the well, media promotes. Well, let's be – let's – let, let, real quick, I'm sorry for interrupting, uh, Susan, but let, let, let's be fair. There was people on the right who were who were touting the same thing about Obama. I mean, there's there are some people who said the same thing about Obama. Oh, but he's you know when it's time for him to go, he's not going to go. Being, uh, I mean, I never had that concern, but there were people out there right, who right. genuinely, who genuinely had that. We did have you know, that, but I don't think to the and I and I agree there were people like that, but um, a lot of people <laughs> they were really concerned. But uh, I don't think it was to the degree of intensity that these people have over Trump. They're so, especially in different communities, I guess you want to call them. They separate themselves from being American by wanting to be acknowledged as LGBTQ or whatever they are, and and um, then you have you know, the Hispanics or whatever, and not ever realizing or giving thought to the people that are at the rallies being a mixture of Americans. You know, that's what I like to say, a mixture of Americans. It doesn't have to be called out. But so they're told, these these individual groups, uh, you know, things that Trump will do to them and uh, that's coming up. You know, it didn't get around to it this time, but uh, you never know. He's already taken away your right to join the military or get an operation, and so what's next coming? You know, is he going to ship you out? Or, and so it's ridiculous. Any logical person would know, <laughs> and it's BS, like you said. But when they're fed this, you know, 24 hours a day, radio, TV, social media, they start to believe it, and that they're brainwashed. <laughs> Oh yeah, certainly. I mean, and they, and they are they're 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 genuinely, you know, they're they're afraid, and I mean, actually are afraid. I mean, now, I, you know, which I find ironic is, I mean, I don't think that it's going to be if Trump were to were to lose. I don't think. Here's the thing: I don't think that they need to be afraid of what Trump's going to do if he loses in 2020. They better be afraid what the people are going to do if Trump is to lose 2020. <laughs> And they need to be yeah. afraid, and I'm talking about Republicans too. They need mm-hmm. to be afraid if, if they actually go through with this impeachment thing, because here's the thing. And then, and, and you know, I mean, yeah, the Democrats are going to do what the Democrats are going to do. But let me mm-hmm. tell you something, and mark my words, because you know I'm not a prognosticator or anything, but if we have, we all we all have seen where you know we said stuff here on the show, and we've like, hey, that actually happened. But I'm telling you, is that. If you get these senators, you get these senators to vote yes on impeaching Trump, and they were mm-hmm. they succeed in getting him ousted. There, I there will be a reckoning. There will be a reckoning. Sixty-three million people voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. Sixty-three million people voted for Trump. Sixty, not all sixty-three million. But a good portion of them, they're boiling underneath, like me, like me. They're boiling underneath. The, and the only thing, in my opinion, 
that's keeping the people at bay mm-hmm. is because they know it's BS, and they trust the de- and they trust the Republicans are not going to convict. And let me tell you, if the Republicans convict, there will be a, a, a reckoning, and I don't think it's just going to be an electoral reckoning. I don't. I think yeah. I, I I think it could very well be, and I'm not I'm not calling for it. I'm not advocating. I'm not promoting it. Mm-hmm. I'm not you know I'm not saying it's a good thing. But it may be very well time where the people on the right. You think you think you've seen quote unquote alt right violence? <laughs> Let me tell you something. You haven't, because if they are successful in 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 in, in ousting Trump. They're going to get people who literally are concerned for the – and this is why they want to take our guns because I think deep mm-hmm. down they see this too. And what oh, they yeah. see – that's why they want to take your automatic weapons away, your AR – oh, we're going to take your you – know, it's not about protecting people. Or they'd be taking handguns away from people in places like Chicago, okay? And they don't care about all these people getting killed in Chicago and stuff like that. I mean, I think I've seen some uh, an art, something in passing on Facebook like, oh, oh hey, uh, uh, this was the first weekend in 25 years someone wasn't shot in New York, you know, or something like that. So, but but but, <laughs> okay. uh, but anyway, is that uh, yeah, will there be a political reckoning? I, I certainly, I think there will be. But I'm telling you, there are people here in this country, and these people are armed. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they have, and you know, that they're like, look, they they are concerned. Now, talk about fear. The Democrats were have been uh, the ones who aren't putting fear in liberals. They need to be careful because they're not only putting the fear in liberals. There are some people on conservatives that they're putting the fear in, and there's people who are literally concerned, and I think rightfully so, for our sure. republic. Mm-hmm. They're concerned for our republic. Right. And yeah, they're going to be like, you know what? Right. That is what the Second Amendment is for. This, this because the, the Constitution and the and the framers said, look, if your government isn't working for you anymore, you have the right to overturn it. And what we usually do to overturn an election, I mean, overturn a government that we don't like anymore, that we don't feel is working for the people. We vote them out. At least that's how it's supposed to work. But that's the general thing is that's the we vote them out. But if the Democrats oust a duly mm-hmm. elected president, that's that's going to tell people, you know what? Our system of oust of getting rid of somebody that we don't like because they're not working for the people is gone. And you're telling us you don't care about the people. You don't care about what we what we want. You just care about your globalist power. Mm-hmm. And then, when people are going to feel that, that is when I think. I mean, I think we are dangerously close. And I'm not mincing words here. And I'm not promoting it. I'm not you know, supporting it. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm not advocating for it. But I think well, I truly think we who, are close to a civil war. Sure, the people that that uh, respect and 
honor in the Constitution, our documents, our founding documents, and know how far away we've gotten from them, know what's at stake. And that will be, like you said, a reckoning. You know, they'll, they'll come out into the streets. And, and prior to that, you know, they stay home and maintain their, you know, their lives, their families, and so forth. But though there will be a breaking point, and that will be it, I believe. You're right. I agree. Um, getting back to Chicago real quick, just a quick note. Um, yeah, go ahead. Chicago PD is actually pr- promoting um, uh, concealed carrying, and there are a lot of women signing up left and right because their requirement is to take a class, uh, gun safety class, and to um, uh, have no felonies, you know, the regular um, thing, background checks and so forth. But, um, yeah, they have a lot of women signing up left and right, and so I thought that was good. Anyway, that was just a short note. <laughs> so oh, no, that's okay. in for a world of shit. <laughs> Pardon my language. But, wow, they, they have no idea what's coming. If, if that day happens. I'm just typing here something on Twitter. Because, yeah, right now, I mean, I, okay. I don't spend yeah. as much time as I used to on, on Facebook because, I mean, right now, I mean, what I've noticed on Facebook is that, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just kind of like everyone's in their own corner. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, people like, you know, they're, it's, it's a, I hate to say it, but it, Facebook's become not, even on the groups that are supposed to be like debate groups, they're nothing uh-huh. but, uh, they're nothing but echo chambers. They really, right. I mean, it, it's sad, but it really is, um, it really is an echo chamber. Well, that's why on I there. go on different progressive block talk radio shows and, and, you know, challenge, challenge them as well as on Twitter. I do the same thing that you do. And I don't Twitter tweet very often, but there'll be days when I'll get on there for about an hour or two and look to see what's going on and who's saying what and try and start a conversation, as they say, but mostly just try to inform that turns into a debate that turns into them leaving. <laughs> oh, yeah, or, the, or, the, or, you know, all they ever do is, oh, you're a part of a cult. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in the cult of Trump. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's like you know well, we can say the same thing that you're in the you're you're, the, you're in the cold of the of the green you know you're in the cold of the green new deal or something I don't know but yeah but anyway so you know it, it, it's past the top of the hour um, did you want to you know if anyone on the line like to have some closing comments on not for tonight but on that topic we're gonna move on forward to uh, Abu Bakr Al Bangadi is dead ding dong the dick is dead I mean oh wait a minute that is what I meant it just kind of slipped out that way. Ha ha ha! Another pun. We're not even Bard's Logic after dark yet. But anyway, um, uh, but anyway, I mean, did did you have any other comments before we move on to that? Uh, no, that was that's pretty much it. I was very disappointed in my fellow Americans for what they did at that baseball game. Um, other than that, um, I'm waiting for the new article. Um, uh, one question: Do you know if they have flagged with half staff at the White House or at the Capitol? Um, I know they did What's in, that? in uh, Baltimore. The, the flag being half staff. For Al No, I don't know about that. And speaking of the and speaking of the World Series, a, a not a, a not a good update. At the top of the eighth, and the the Nationals are winning four to two. So now they're down. Now uh, Houston's down by two, and so uh, that's gonna suck ass. You know, you know what that is. I'm gonna be pretty pissed off if the Washington Nationals win. 
And you know what? You know what Trump should do? Say, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to invite you to the White House because your people boo me. But, of course, I'd be a big hoopla, so I don't know. But anyway. So, so yeah, so those um, – yeah, and so you know, here we got um, – and again, you, know, you can find the articles that I'll be reading from tonight um, – you know, it's from the Bard's Logic News uh, room at www.bardslogicclo.com, and that's of course the Bard's Logic. Man, I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's these grapes and almonds I'm trying to have for dinner tonight. And that's not me talking. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I got here. At, um, you know, and here and here's and and, and, and some interesting information uh, about him as well. Uh, but first, uh, yeah, let me get to that that article here. Um, Oh, there it goes. Uh, I found it pretty easy. Do you have to, the link it, in your it, 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 description? Yeah, it sent me to uh, it sent me to Facebook. Now is that a video or? Oh, let me see. I, I, oh, here we go. Yeah, hold on a second. This is actually an audio. I apologize. I did not know this was an audio. Let me get this keyed up for everybody. Um, okay. I thought it was an article. I, my apologies. I thought it was an audio, or, or not an audio. So I want to take just a minute or two to talk to you about the Washington Post's unbelievable headline uh, that described uh, al-Baghdadi as an austere scholar and had an article which emphasized that he was really essentially a nice person uh, who really wanted to have a contemplative life. Now, one analysis said they didn't get around to the degree to which he was a serial rapist and mass murderer until the 34th paragraph. It also doesn't, in the headline, said he dies as though it was natural events. And in fact, he apparently committed suicide when surrounded by American troops and on the edge of being captured. So I think that the if you get a chance to look at this, and I've tweeted about it, it's, uh, you can certainly find it yourself. I think the Washington Post owes the country, the American people, an explanation for how they could possibly have produced this headline and this story. Uh, why is it so totally misleading? Who did it? Why are they still employed at the Post? I mean, this is the most grotesque kind of propaganda. It's as though Adolf Hitler were being described as a frustrated former painter. Uh, the fact is, al-Baghdadi was the leading terrorist on the planet, uh, he had personally led efforts that killed tens of thousands of people. Uh, under his leadership, ISIS tried to literally wipe out all of the Azdi, a small religious group uh, in uh, northwest, uh, northwest, northeast rather, Syria and in uh, Iraq. I personally have talked with people who were Yazdis who have survived the vile, evil treatment. Uh, he led an effort which enslaved women which routinely treated them as sexual objects, uh, which uh, killed young men and children. And uh, the idea that that should all be captured by the Post as though he were an austere scholar, that's what the term they use, he's an austere scholar, uh, is just totally wrong, totally misleading. Uh, and the fact is this was an evil man who did evil things. The world is better for his being dead. Uh, he's dead because the Americans continued for years to hunt him down, uh, and it's a pity 
in our national capital. We currently have a newspaper that can't tell the truth, uh, not only about Donald Trump, but about al-Baghdadi. Take a look at it and see if you don't agree that they should have an independent counsel come in from outside, look at how they could have produced this grotesque, dishonest story, and then see what they can do uh, to get the post back. You know, they, they, they have as their motto that democracy dies in darkness. Well, democracy also dies in self-deception. And this was a terribly dishonest article and a terribly dishonest headline. And I think the Post ought to clean its act up, find out who did it, and frankly get rid of them and bring in people dedicated to report honestly about America's enemies and honestly about the young men and women that America has serving it who are doing their job despite. Yeah, here he has those. Uh, actually, was a an audio clip. I, I guess I thought that was uh, a video. I mean, a, an article. But hey, I actually like the audio clip better because uh, you know it's a, better to hear someone else's voice every once in a while uh, than than mine. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so that of course was was Newt Gingrich, and you know some of the things that they're saying about the guy. And you know what I find ironic is. They will say all these things about Donald Trump, and then they put an article like that about this guy. I mean, I mean, it's that, that I'm telling you, that is what the American mainstream media has turned into. That again, people who are, you know, making commercials, you know, for for those ads, those political ads. That I heard it's not going to be allowed on Twitter, but anyway. I'm telling you, these are your commercials. These are your commercials. Use them. You know, make a commercial out of these, you know, these articles and these, the the, the audio of these different uh, video people, you know, like Mm -hmm. MSNBC people on MSNBC and CNN. There's your commercial. Yeah. Yeah. And they portray themselves, these, these, Organizations, you know, telling the truth, as he noted, uh, new as far as uh, darkness, democracy dies in darkness. <laughs> what a crock! Well, yeah, because you guys are misleading everybody, telling lies, and uh, it's amazing. But there aren't any publications that are out there in the mainstream that uh, are reporting truth. Now, Dr. Talbert mentioned CBS is taking a turn. Uh, but we'll see what happens there if they continue or if it was just a, a spurt in order to gain the trust of the American people that are watching it. And, and here's two uh yeah, and here's two articles here. Um real quick that uh we'll we'll go through here and what which people find interesting. May or may not know this information. Um may have not yet made it to the um you know, national media, I guess. But even though we're international, because we can be heard around the uh, you know, around the world, and actually we do have um, listeners that are in different places, some places that may um, may surprise you. And since I'm bringing that up, I'm going to see if I can pull this up. In that, um, let's see, our listenership here, 91.72% is the United States. This one will surprise you. 1.84% of our listeners, at least recently, is from Cambodia. Now, why anyone from Cambodia? 
would be listening to Bard's logic. I don't know. But 1.84% of, of the listening audience is in Canada. Uh-huh. You know, at least, right, I think they do these like maybe once a, a month or something. And then, um, and then 0.81 in Australia. So not quite a percent. And then half a percent or 0.68% is in China. And then 0.6% of our listenership is in Canada. So I find that interesting. Wow. But anyway. That is interesting. It's a, Yeah, Cambodia. That's the one that kind of struck me the, as the oddest. Like, Cambodia. Like, okay. Of all the countries. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you, uh-huh. Cambodians, for listening to Bard's Logic. Even It might just be just a, a few of you, but thank you anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it says, uh, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi was held at U.S. prison camp in Iraq before Obama administration let him go in 2009. Um, it said, and, the, and this article could dovetails with what Gingrich just said. Washington Post describes ISIS leader Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi as an austere religious scholar after President Trump confirmed his death says, because uh, WAPO favors radical Islam over freedom-loving uh, – I, uh, I guess this is an opinion piece, but I guess there's going to be some fact in there. But uh, uh, because WA Washington Post favors radical Islamists over freedom-loving Americans apparently, that's the type of praise Abu deserved for being the mastermind of so many deaths. Lest we forget, he also killed his own wives and kids. When he detonated his suicide vest. What a bastard. You're going to kill your own kids? Piece of shit. Yeah, I said yeah, that. It's I'm not sorry. even Bard's logic after dark. You don't kill your kids, you idiot. No, uh, well, yeah, think about that. I'm not only not going to kill myself. I'm going to, dumbass, I'm going to destroy my legacy by killing my children too. You know, you're not around anymore because you're an idiot. But you know what? Now your legacy's gone too because you killed your kids. What a fuck night. Oh, well, I said it in Bard's logic after, without it being Bard's logic after dark. That just drives me nuts. But anyway, um, what gets lost in the shuffle is that uh, what gets lost in the shuffle is that Obama, the Obama administration, had Abu in prison camp back in 2009, but let him go. Uh, it says here the FBI most wanted mugshot shows a tough, swarthy figure, his hair and now jailbird uh, crew cut, the $10 million price on his head. Meanwhile, suggests that whoever uh, released him from U.S. custody four years ago might now be regretting it. Taken, taken during his years as a detainee at the U.S.-run Camp Bukha in southern Iraq, this is one of the few known photographs of Abu Kabar al-Baghdadi, the new leader of al-Qaeda in Iraq and Syria, now known as the Islamic State of Iraq and al-Sham, Shams, ISIS. But while he may lack the photogenic quality of his hero Osama bin Laden, he is fast becoming okay. This is like, okay, uh, October twenty-seventh. He is fast becoming the new poster boy for the globalist jihadist movement. Well, we're going to really ruthless. The ex-preacher, ex-preacher, Washington Post <laughs> is the driving force. Was ha ha. This was I guess this was done like shortly before they got him. Um, is the driving force behind al-Qaeda's resurgence about Syria and Iraq. Yeah, this article was written on the 27th, by the way. Hmm, maybe foreshadowing. But anyway, maybe we should listen more to, uh, to I love my freedom.org. Uh, but anyway, it said, uh, 
throughout Syria and Iraq, putting it at the forefront of the war to topple President Bashir al-Assad and starting a fresh campaign of mayhem against a Western-backed government in Baghdad. This week, his forces have achieved their biggest coup in Iraq to date, seizing control of government buildings in Mosul, the country's third, blah, blah, blah. blah. You can read the rest on the Bard's Logic website, uh, but I want to see about 2009. It says – because it tells like about how much of an asshole he is. It says, why such a ferocious individual was deemed fit for release in 2009 is not known. One possible explanation is that he was one of the thousands of suspected insurgents granted amnesty as the U.S. began to draw down, uh, dry down in Iraq. Another, though, is that rather likely uh, Kizer Zose, the animatic crime lord in the film The Usual Suspects, it may actually be several different people. Oh, whatever. I was just being funny there. But yeah, so he was released by the Obama administration in 2009. And then we have another oh, one here. It says Obama. Um, this is Daily. Now, this is the Daily Mail UK. It says uh, revealed how Obama said for, oh, maybe we uh, maybe got an answer to how he got released. It has yeah. here, it says. Revealed how Obama set free the merciless terrorist warlord now leading the ISIS toward blazing a trail of destruction through Iraq. Now, this article uh, was posted on – oh, wow. Oh, gosh. This is an old article. Oh, well. Well, just because it's old doesn't mean it doesn't have information in it. This one's from 2014. So that's how long – you know. You know, Abu al-Baghdadi has been causing chaos, right? Uh, and this, yeah, cause this yeah. article is back from June uh, 13th of 2014. It says um, – it says, warning, content – okay, gosh, all the, I hate all these pop-ups with these, with these articles. I know they got to make money, but geez. Then he said, anyway, it says, the U.S. once had Islamic State of Iraq and al-Shams – ISIS leader Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi in custody at a detention facility in Iraq. It was revealed Friday. Now remember, this is 2014. Al-Baghdadi was among the prisoners released in 2009 from the U.S. now closed camp uh, Buka near Umm Qasar or Qasar or whatever in Iraq. It is unclear why the U.S. let the merciless Al-Qaeda leader slip away. Al-Baghdadi and his troops took the Iraqi city of Fallujah and Ramadi earlier this year and conquered the Crit and Mosul within the last several days. They are now bearing down on Baghdad, burning down everything that stands in their way, and carrying out executions on Iraqi civilians, soldiers, and police. This guy's an austere religious man, according to Washington Post. Uh, the United States once had Islamic uh, ISIS leader – God, I wish you'd just say ISIS leader. Damn. Leader uh, you know, in custody at a detention facility, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but now five years later, he is leading an army of – okay, blah, blah, blah. Are they going to get to how he got released? Because I said, why? Let's see. It said the United States began withdrawing troops from Iraq in 2010, and Kambuka closed in 2011 with the United hmm, – who, who was president in 2011? Oh, well, that's right. <laughs> Along with the United States and other military facilities as President Obama. Now, here's the thing. You people are so pissed off. That Trump took what a hundred people out of out of Syria. When we released this guy, 
Yeah, how come they're not talking about this? Obama released this guy. And then and then they're like, yeah, yeah, we, we, we got out of Iraq. No, where was the media a bitch about that? Anyway, another pop-up. Um, what's that? Obama was perfect. That's why. Yeah, they thought so. I mean, I, I mean, I didn't like Obama, but I certainly didn't hate him with the vitriol that 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 the hate is with, uh, you know, with, with Trump. It says the mm-hmm. now. Um, it says another possible explanation is Al Bagadi did not become a jihadist until after his release from the Buka camp. Yeah, okay, maybe, but he was still, you know. I guess that's what he – maybe he wasn't a jihadist, supposedly. Then. Since the story of how Bagatti ended up in U.S. custody in the first place and later came to be the leader of a violent terrorist group is stuff of legend. It is said by some that al-Bangadi was in the wrong place at the wrong time when he was picked up by U.S. military, a farmer who got caught up in a massive sweep. It was Camp Baku that he was radicalized and became a follower. Of, you know what they're going to say. You know what the liberals are going to say. Hey, you know what? He was a farmer. He was a farmer, and he got cut up, and he got put radicalized. If he wasn't in that camp, he wouldn't have got radicalized. And if he wasn't in the camp, he wouldn't have became the leader. He wouldn't have been a follower of Osama bin Laden if he wasn't taken and put in that camp. He would have stayed a farmer and been a good guy. You know that's what the liberals would say. So it's the United States' <laughs> fault. The United States made you know, this Akbar guy whatever. Well, so another version of – <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is another version of the story. Is that Al Baghdadi, who also goes by the alias of Abu Dua or Dua or whatever the hell he wants to call him, or called himself? Ha ha! You're dead. Anyway, was an Islamic fundamentalist before the U.S. invaded Iraq, and he became a leader in Al Qaeda network before he was arrested and detained by American forces in 2005. Abu Dua was connected to the intimidation, torture, and murder of local civilians in. Or, Whatever, Q-A-L-I-M. They need to just learn how to – no, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to blast your culture. That's not good. Anyway, uh, according to uh, – so basically he changed his name because he got caught. He would kidnap him, blah, blah, blah. So he was a bad, he was a bad guy. Says so the U.S. now has $10 million warrant out on the brute, blah, blah. Okay, so that's how he got out. You can read the rest on um, – that article from the Bard's Logic Political Talk website, so you can do that. Um, that's the www.bardslogicpolitical.com. So you got the the media. Oh my gosh, she was. A, you know, they did say it's a farmer, but you know that that they actually knew about it. They'd be like, but he was a farmer. He was he was actually a good guy. You know. So, anywho. He was innocent. <laughs> well, and Go ahead. No, I was just saying he was innocent, and we made him a bad guy. Yeah, I mean, and then the numbers are talking about Trump and how Trump came out and said, "Hey, look, this guy is dying. You know, died like, and you know, you know, they talk about how you know how he you know died as a coward, and you know, and they actually had like." Uh, Dude, they actually like defended the guy. You know, I, I can't. You know, it's like, what the heck are you guys doing? Yeah, there were people um, celebrating in the streets when Obama had gotten Osama bin Laden, 
and uh, oh yeah, Obama, Osama. <laughs> but then Trump takes out a bad guy, and these guys sympathize with him. You know, oh, you know I, I, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking the same thing. You know, <laughs> I, I was uh, the exact same thing. Mhm. Well, that's because you're logical. You know, <laughs> it doesn't take much. I mean, it's just I, mean, I just don't understand. And instead, they, you know, the Democrats in Washington criticized it because they weren't notified, and that Russia was notified. Never minding the fact of why they, you know, the five rushes because we were using their airspace. But that's not going to get out. You know, it's just the fact that Trump did it behind their back. Well, yeah, but he was a bad guy, okay? <laughs> you don't well, and this is, and, this, and here's an audio I want to play. I hope the audio is good, but this is, uh, you know, this is CNN, right? I mean, this is a video I found on, uh, on, on Twitter, um, and this is a, a, an audio from CNN. That son of a gun. That was actually a fake audio. What a jerk. He's running for this guy running for Congress. Well, I'm glad I actually played that because now I know how we shouldn't run for Congress. Well, that's kind of dumb. Yeah. See, sometimes you just got to be careful. 
I heard a dumbass running for Congress. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a lot of them. <laughs> I mean, he's a Republican. That was the dumbest. That was the dumbest. That was dumb. That was really dumb. You, he's asking himself to be called a liar. He's doing. He's being just as bad as Adam Schiff. What an idiot. His name is Joey. Um, I guess it's Joey Saldino. He's running for the Congress in New York 11th District. Uh-huh. Is he really running as a Republican? What an idiot. What yeah, an idiot. Yeah, he's running as a Republican. I guess that district is really pro-Trump, and uh, so he figures it will be a cinch as far as a win. <laughs> I, I guess, but, man, audio, that, that was dumb. I mean, cause there, really I mean, because there's actually real stuff. You, you know what's ironic? That's actually one of the – you know what ironic is? You know what? Actually, I think that was done purposely because guess what? I Googled right. that. And, you know, you know, I'm not a big fan of Google. I want their phone, but I hate to give them money, but I really want their phone because it looks cool. But anyway, <laughs> is that when you Google CNN defends Al Beng- uh, Baghdadi, that mm-hmm. was the first video that comes up. Really? That wow. is the very yeah. When you go to Google, you Google CNN. So if you're doing that, do that right now, folks. It's still there because you might be okay. listening to this on the archives. You go to Google and say CNN defends Al Bengadi, and it says Saldino for Congress on Twitter. CNN defends Al Bengadi. So the thing is, is he, he, he on the video? He's pretending. On the video, you know, and I'll be honest, I feel dumb. I fell for it. I mean, I, I, well, not really. I mean, I did at first. I mean, to be honest, I'm like, then the more I watch the video, the more I'm thinking, okay, this is bullshit. You know what I mean? No one's gonna. I mean, <laughs> no one's gonna get on to this. But I mean, I did. I mean, initially, I did fall for it. I'll be honest with you. Initially, I did. You know, but but you know what? Let's be honest. It's CNN. I'm. I mean, I'm so jaded to get CNN, which is you know, I used to watch CNN actually. Until the uh, up until the general election, I, CNN used to be one of the one of the uh, TV shows I would watch or the stations I would watch. You know, I'd watch mm-hmm. CNN, C-SPAN, and, and and Fox. Those were the three um, stations I'd watch. Now I'll see C-SPAN wow. every once in a while when I have time, but mostly it's Fox, and I I, I can barely turn on CNN. But yeah, I, I wonder how. For me, is that was. It's, no, actually, it didn't. It's uh, Abu Bar, Bar, whatever, Bakar al Baghdadi is dead. Donald Trump um, was the title, uh, CNN.com, and it says three days ago. But, but was that and, the? Um, but was that the the video? Okay, I'll look at. Let me click under videos. Okay, yeah, yeah that, I see when I clicked under videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twenty-seven minutes, fifty-three seconds. This, yeah, this guy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That was two days ago. Oh, two days ago. Alrighty. Um, this one yeah, was that off was, of Yeah, that was, yeah, that was – yeah, and I'll be honest. I mean, I, I, I did fall for that one, but, uh, you know, I did I, – I did, I'll be honest. I did fall for it. And then I'm, and now I, the more it went off, I was like, yeah, and then uh, you'll you'll see the end of the video, but uh, – I think I have the wrong one. The first one that popped up is from ABC News. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, the, the first one is uh, – 
Yeah, it says Saladino for Congress on Twitter. Oh, okay. Mine doesn't come up that way. My first Google video uh, is ABC News, the briefing room, latest on death of ISIS. Two days ago. Uh Huh. The next one is Curtis General, informant intel key in Baghdadi raid. And then CNN-wise, another Mendez. Menendez Pelosi is calling for Republicans bluff. Yeah, so that's interesting that you got that on your first video. That is interesting. Interesting. Yeah, let me put it in uh, YouTube and see what I got. Go ahead. Oh, well, I'm sorry. What did you say? Oh, I was just saying, go ahead. I was going to put it in YouTube and see if his thing popped up. So I just put it in Google search. No. No. That's interesting. It didn't pop up at all. He's not on CNN, and so I wonder why his video had popped up at all. Well, yeah. Well, what I did is I just Googled. I put Google CNN defense uh, al-Baghdadi, and then I clicked uh, the little word where it says uh, videos, and that was the first video that popped up. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I was saying he's uh, why I wonder why because you put CNN specifically, so that's why I'm saying I wonder why he popped up at all. That uh, South hmm. Dino dude. It what wasn't uh, just yeah. Huh. Well, anyway, I might have to look into that because you would think that you know, that also is interesting because you would think that um, that it would be the same CNN for everybody. Thing. You would think. Yeah. And and it would be CNN clips that would pop up. <laughs> huh. Because you, you specifically put in CNN. That's that's where that's I'm coming really from as far as the, yeah. What, are they trying to influence you? <laughs> yeah, maybe they are. Hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's not really going to happen. But they, they're like, they're like, the Bard's Log is doing that. We're going to put this, put him there for he can play this and, and make him be like, fall for it. You know, be honest, I mean, I did at first, and I was like, hmm. And then the guy started out. But then I, you know, you'll see. You'll, you'll, I, I'm, let me know when you first start. I mean, well, you know now, so I mean, I guess. I, but yeah, you did. I mean, I was watching some clips, and I was trying to find one I could play an audio of, and that's my fault. I should have had that, you know, had something like that together, but um, because yeah, normally I, I have audios already, but, you know, already for that, but this is something, something mm-hmm. on the fly that I like to try to do. I'm still looking for his video. <laughs> I'm scrolling, scrolling, looking. Oh looking. wow! Yeah, that is interesting. His name is Dan. Okay, so um, as far as audio clips, you do not have any for this evening. I'm sorry. As far as audio clips, you don't have any this evening. No, I was good. Well, I had a, the the one I played earlier um, with with New, uh, with New Gingrich. Yeah, but normally I make I make those up because I know there was ones out there, uh, you know, of, of people you know just play well like like blasted Trump like uh, Kamala Harris uh, blasting Trump on 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 how he did that. Oh yeah, okay. And I've seen some of those, you know. Alrighty, yeah, that would have been good to have. I mean, just something to throw out there, just to ner- hurt. Her own words from the horse's mouth, literally. She's got like a horse head. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> On what? <laughs> she has a horse head, Kamala Harris. 
I was saying, sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to throw that out there. I was thinking out loud. Kamala Harris. Horses. Straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah. Yeah, here's um Well, uh, uh, let's see if this is a if I can get it uh, a video here. Um, I was trying to get one because because I, I had I had I thought I had one, but well here it goes. It says, uh, well, let's see. Uh, let's just listen to this one, see what it is. Uh, of course, they have to. They have to have put that uh, the, the commercial one there that you that forces you to listen to. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know what? It, it's a it's a TV anymore. I just there's just not very many TV shows uh, that I wanna that I wanna watch because what they're doing is they they're taking uh, like that like this new TV show um, that's coming on. It's supposed to be a spinoff of the X Files. It's not they're not touting it as a spinoff of the X Files, but it's called Evil. And mm-hmm. it basically is a, uh, you know, you know, it basically is, uh, you know, trying to say, you know, be like uh, the X-Files. But let's, I got the, uh, I got the audio uh, keyed up. Let's see. Um, and what this, okay. uh, this, this, this is from, Fa- yeah, this is from Face the Nation. Um, it says the Democratic field response to ISIS leaders killing by killing, you know, by U.S. forces. That's, that's the, the article there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the audio is breaking up, Robert.
thinking that at a time when our world is warming, sea levels are rising, and we're seeing floods and fires all over the world. So those were very bad decisions. So unlike other Democratic candidates, would you pledge to keep U.S. military budget to you? I would not have considered those 150 Um I would not have done it. I would not have given in to but Erdogan when he called. Yeah, I would have kept them there. And I would have, uh, it, this would never have happened. But now this damage has been done. So the question is, what do you do now? Well, you keep trying to use your leverage, um, everything to uh, defeat ISIS. And you try to do all you can for humanitarian aid. And you certainly try to use the leverage that we have remaining uh, to help the Turks. But you sit on the Senate Judiciary Committee found that some oversight there of the Justice Department. Do you think those uh, ISIS leaders who are responsible for the deaths of Americans all should be extradited for prosecution here to the United States? Um, yes, I think that we should go Blah, blah, blah. All these misleading titles tonight. I'm denoticing that. That thing, I mean, they really didn't. I mean, a couple minutes talks about, you know, and, and that's um, Klobuchar. I mean, she's not going anywhere in the Democratic primary. And we've got John on the line. Let's go ahead and get John in. Um, no, thank you very much, John, for coming to the show. How are you tonight, bud? Oh, like always, I'm doing fine for the most part. And. Um, hey, I wanted to share with you, too, oh, at the top shit. of the show, when you first came on, your audio was choppy for everything that was going on. And then it seemed really? like it stabled, it stabled off there for a while when you and Dr. Tolbert were talking. You could both understand you pretty good. But then when Suzette would talk, there would be parts, of, you know, like random words and uh, at random sentences that were garbled and whatnot, and it was hard to follow everything you guys were saying. And then this last audio roll-in, I didn't hear hardly any of it. I mean, it was 90% really? just messed up. And I don't know what it's going to sound uh, like on the podcast, but I just wanted to give you some feedback. No, that, I really appreciate but, that. Well, and also feedback, add, your, your, host, your host right now is very upset. Very upset. There's now 6-2 in the Nationals. It's the bottom of the ninth, and Houston needs to score four points. I'm going to be so pissed off, and I hope my liberal colleague at work don't try to poke the bear tomorrow because I might have to find something to poke him back. But go ahead, John. <laughs> I'm the, the, just yeah. poke the as bear. I said, normally, no, as I said, norm, normally I wouldn't. No, you know, normally I wouldn't give a rat's ass about the World Series, but after what happened Sunday, I really want those bastards to lose. Go ahead, John. Yeah, um, I wanted to. I don't know if you guys have you heard of the Red Pill Expo dot org. It's a Red Pill Expo dot org. It's a group of um, many different speakers that are more conservative, trying to get 
a rally of group of people together to try to overcome some of this lawlessness and get us back on track with a just system, rule of law, and, and a constitutional basis interpretation that actually upholds a just rule of law perspective. Uh, have you ever heard of Alex Newman or Ammon Bundy? These these are the kind of people that's going to be speaking there. And that's the redpillexpo.org. But in reference to some of what you were saying earlier, I and this is it's just repeat, repeat, rinse and repeat, like all the history. The people at the top just want to make sure everybody down at the, you know, the rest of us in society are categorized, and then they pit us against each other. And so they're working this stuff on purpose to get us to fight and rally each other up. That's part of the con and the scam. All the immigration coming into America is purposed. I mean, think about it. We have multiple factions, whether it be communist, socialist, or democratic socialist, or Marxist. We have fascists that have been in power forever, ever since the day after our um, Declaration of Independence, the I mean, the United States Constitutional Bill of Rights was ratified in December of 1791. The day after, ever since then, we've had nothing but a fascist organization throughout each and every administration. And then we have communists, like you were talking earlier about how, you know, the government is allowing these foreign entities to come in and buy up or, or get these 50-year leases on control of our ports or whatever these different means are and why would our government allow that to happen because the people that are getting into positions of power are corporatist and globalist and they're fascist and they're uh, uh, communist and they're Marxist and they want, they believe in that type of system. They're not, there's no problem with it. Even 90, in my humble opinion, um, 70% of the Americans that claim to stand on the Constitution are fascist when you actually get to talk to them about the details of what truly, you know, uh, rule of law and justice means. But the point of it is, is until we learn how to work together by mutual assent, the oligarchy of the fascist puppet masters are going to continue to use the categorization as a divide-and-conquer strategy to pit us against ourselves because Trump is maybe the best candidate that we have to bank on, but crooked is crooked is crooked. So so what? He's the best crook in the world. And that's why I've said on your show before, I have a concern that even if Trump does win, we still got tons of problems ahead of us because – Trump is just, he's a crook just as much, not just as much, maybe he's, put it this way, the Democrats and the the elite Republicans that are in office, that are globalist or corporatist, that are fascist-oriented, as well as those that are socialist or Marxist or, or communist-oriented, those people are maybe 10 times worse than Trump or 100 times worse than Trump. But Trump is still not constitutional by far. Well, the way he uses the executive orders and stuff, he still hasn't got, you know, oh, oh, man, it just roused me up. But anyway, 
if we continue to pit, use allow the system to pit us put us in categories and pit ourselves against each other, then we're just going to continue to fail, and that's the that's what they want to do, in my humble opinion, and that's why I keep preaching mutual sin, because you don't like people forcing you to be beholden to their agenda, and they don't like you and I or anybody else forcing our agenda down their throat. And so everything that gets, it's just like all these investigations. You've heard me say on this show multiple times, my my issue is not Trump. I look at it as I got to look at every every office, every position and every level of government as if Mousy Tongue is the one in charge. And as long as I can get the processes and the procedures, the rules, the laws, the statutes, the ordinances, the regulations to reflect that no matter who gets into office, if they have that mousy tongue or um, whatever, Stalin, whoever, their mentality, then if it will actually still uphold justice, then we'll be good to go. But the problem is, is most of us don't want to have deep thinking, what is it, uh, critical thinking type of uh, discussions. We want to keep it on the superficial, surface level, feel-good type conversation, and then we never get to an answer that works. But founding freedom fighters, you know, the founding fathers, so so to speak, in, in Independence Hall in Philadelphia back in the day, 1770s, they had those kind of deep, discussions and understood that the different people that were in the in the room with each other had these same problems and they continued to talk it out in order to find a reasonable place to start but they knew that there were particular plantation minded people that were very into controlling their slaves in a in a nefarious manner and then there was the good people that had slaves that looked at their slaves as if it was themselves just helping them. It's like if you've got a great, a friend that's in dire straits and poverty, homeless or whatnot, and you want to help them out, but you really don't have a whole lot of money and you don't want to just give them a handout. You want to help them learn how to be responsible and stuff. Well, you give them a hand up by putting them to work with you and maybe you just pay all their expenses to keep a house over their head, keep food in their belly, make sure their medical expenses are taken care of, their transportation expenses and whatnot are taken care of, and if they have any family or kids and stuff. And they called them a slave back in those days. That was more of the righteous people's perspective of it. And then after seven years or so about, if that particular person wanted to continue with you, then you, you you know made an agreement to, that they could stay with you and you would continue to take care of them and stuff like that as they're helping you take care of your needs like a personal assistant. But you always looked at them and respected them as if they were you and you wanted to care for them in a quote, quote, perspective of them being you. But then the nefarious, evil, corrupt, crony capitalist because we don't have a capitalist system, we never have. It's always been a crony capitalist system. There's never been a, you know, a free market, laissez-faire type of enterprise system in America. It's always been rigged by the people in government at the top, in some form or fashion, to differing levels and differing degrees. And so, therefore, these crony, crooked, corrupt mentality type people, they were the ones that gives slavery the bad name and they pushed that into 
um, the mainstream. So therefore, the people that lived under righteous, good character type masters that actually really cared for their people. And after seven years, if the people wanted to leave and they had kids and stuff, well, the master gave them abundant enough, um, what do you call it, severance package, so to speak, that when they left, they could actually exist for a number of months, if not a year or more, to make sure that they could get on their feet. And they kept contact with them as a friend to say, hey, look, you're still under my purview, and I'm going to still lift you up and take care of you, but I'm, I'm trying to work with you to make sure that you're self-sufficient to get back on your own feet. And as long as we continue to ignore this and run roughshod over the illegal United States citizens, leaving them in homelessness and you know, living out of their tents and whatnot, God's going to let us destroy ourselves. And think about this. In the 1930s, when we had the Great Depression, there was, what, approximately 120, 125 million people in America at that point, if you look by the consensus you know, bureau information. <clears throat> today, today, in 2019, United States, we have approximately 100-plus million people that are either on the public dole or homeless, not on the public dole at all, but fending for themselves, living in the streets and whatnot. That's at least 90% of the population that was existing in the 1930s during the Depression. And they always say, oh, we had 25% unemployment, you know, and poverty and stuff during the Depression. And then we say, oh, but we only have 3.5% unemployment today. That's because the Donald Trump is pulling some of the figures like every other president did. We'll use the U3 and we'll just neglect the U6 unemployment rate, and this is what bugs me about Trump. During his campaign, he's sitting there lambasting, which rightly so he did, lambasting all the previous presidents about, oh, they weren't ever looking at the correct um, unemployment rate. You know, they were always looking at the U3. That's the real rate's 10 times higher or 10% higher or whatnot. Remember, he said that several times during the campaign. Now, when he's in office, he's a hypocrite. He doesn't bring that up at all. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to hang on to that same U3 unemployment rate just like the other people. So if you looked at it from that standpoint, then Trump ought to be claiming that he's got the highest record level set of more people in poverty on the face of the planet in the United States ever in the history of America, too. But he don't claim that award and that prize. But that kind of hypocrisy is what we got to stop, even if we like the guy as president. Because the next guy that gets into office, we have no idea. And the consolidation of power to these corporatists through these um, people that are working in our government, they're just consolidating more power to these um, corporatists and these multinational corporations that have no loyalty to America. So they're more than happy to see all these immigrants and stuff coming into our country and disrupting stuff. And check this out. If you look at the total population, approximately, what, 7.5 billion people on the planet today, the majority of them people are Islamic and Sharia law-based. Well, we already know we got the, what is it, the squad that took over basically Minnesota. I mean, Keith Ellison is now, what, the attorney general of Minnesota? And then we got, what's her name, Ilan Omar, or whatever her name is, that's actually some kind of senator or representative or whatnot. And then you got uh, 
what is it, Rashid Talib or whatever, and I, I can't, Anna mm-hmm. Presley, these different ones that are into this Sharia and whatnot. And little by little, if you look through the different levels of government, we have a soft caliphate going on where they're not using weapons. They're using our own rule of law and government structure against us because, see, their system is based on, they have imam, imams, or however you pronounce it, imams, that dictate the rules, laws, processes of Islam, Sharia law and stuff, they've got that set up that there's a hierarchy system that whoever's in that particular place gets to, you know, dictate all the rest of the people below them. Well, they're going with the flow of our perverted interpretation of our Constitution because as soon as they get into power, they can just manipulate the laws because we, the American people, continue to allow it. And with two point whatever 7 billion people on the face of the planet that favor that Sharia law perspective, just soft infiltrate, invade America through the in, the immigration system, and then send all your OPEC money, because many of those people in those foreign countries that have that Sharia background, you know, tap into those oil wells, and they got all that big money, send them in here, and the communist China is doing the same thing and trying to infiltrate the system to buy, you know, get into positions of influence to control it. But I'm starting to see more of the Islamic people and Sharia law favoring people taking more control little by little. They've already taken over Dearborn, Michigan, and different parts of uh, of uh, Minnesota. I don't remember all the different ones across America, but I'm seeing it, and it's concerning me, and nobody talks about that very much. And so little by little, they're getting into offices, county uh like city uh, ward representatives in your local district and then county commissioner in your county set up and then at the different commissioner levels in the state and whatnot, and little by little, because we have this perverted interpretation of our Constitution that says that the people who get elected into office get to burden and encumber you against your will without your consent. And real quick, John, because I don't want to get to our next topic. Uh, but but one of the things is is you know, and, and we, you and I go back and forth on this a lot. And we, we we could probably spend an entire three hour show on it. Uh, but you know, for one, I mean, I think in some instances, and it sounds like what you're talking about is a direct democracy, which I, I don't even the, uh, as much as I would like that to work, it's it's just not feasible. We we are a nation of 400 or 300. I'm sorry, 340 million people. There is, I mean, there it, it's just it's untenable, it's un- infeasible. There is just no way to have everything that ever needs to be voted on to be voted on by referendum. As much as I would like, whether that's locally or nationally or whatever, there, there's just no way to do it. I mean, there's no way to feasible do it. I know one of the things that you bring up as well is, you know, everyone should have a line item veto. Well, that that wouldn't work either. Becoming I mean, it just because then absolutely nothing could get done. Nothing will get done. Because there's always going to be at least one person, if not a group of people or a, a lot of people. It's just not, it, there's no way for that to work. I mean, I mean, one thing I would like to go over with you is, is how do you think they can actually? I mean, how how would that actually work? And, and, you know, we could spend a few minutes on that. Then I want to get to the topic, but I mean, because you bring that up, but how would that actually practically and in, in, in a practical way? With, with what you propose, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I, uh, how would you propose it actually work? How can it actually be implemented? 
I just don't see it. There's no way to have everyone have a line item veto. There's no way for for everything that that's ever to be voted on to be voted on. Uh, you know, with a referendum, it's just I, I just don't see how that could be feasible. If we were a smaller country, we could, but we're just too big. It wouldn't work. We're just too big, too many people, like you said, to get them all to agree <laughs> to do that, to implement a system like that. Um, and and right now we've got people thinking that the federal government or Trump is responsible for certain things as far as owning the unemployment. Just real quick, there, um, John, the states are responsible for the unemployment. What Trump did is he re- did deregulated a lot and policies and what whatnots to free up businesses so that was strangling them from hiring people and moving the economy. So he got rid of a lot of that, freed up a lot of their industries um, so that they could hire and grow. And, and so, but when it comes to the states, now that's all he can do. Now it's up to the states and what they've got going on still that prevents, you know, the employment, uh, their own, statutes, regulations, and policies um, that end up strangling these these businesses again or requiring certain things, mandating certain things. And because the states have more power than the federal government, they override um, the things that are going on in in D.C. And so anyway, so as far as owning the unemployment, he can do only so much, but then it's up to the states. So anyway, back to you. And and see, I, I take what you guys say seriously because you are an equal self-governing free person as every other legal united states citizen however we have to consider what is happening psychologically to humanity through this process we claim to have a constitution article 4 section 2 citizens of each state shall be entitled to the same privileges and immunities of citizens of the several states however the rule of law is predicated on the pursuit of happiness, having freedom of contract, freedom of association, freedom of conscience, you know, the right to due process and equal protection of the law. Well, when you say that the people in America are being represented, but the representatives get to commit extrinsic fraud in their representation, then you just did a psychological trick scam to believe that you're still under the rule of law when you violated the actual constitution you say you stand on. Therefore, you do not have equal protection of the law because the people that are representative are only a certain faction of the whole. And therefore, the other percentage of people that did not get their will mutually and reciprocally included freedom of contract, right to good faith bargaining, mutuality of agreement, and rulemaking were just nullified as free people and rendered legislative slaves. So the okay. Constitution so, 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 is so, Hold on, hold no, John, John, but tell us uh, – here's what I want to hear. Here's what I want to hear. Here, hear. How do we make it happen? How yeah, would that, well, that be able to be done? I mean, give. I mean, short short answer. How can that happen, Robert? That's not fair to say a short answer. I'm going to give you the shortest answer I know how to give you in the context of where we're at with this conversation and today's show, because you don't. That's not what you wanted to get into, and I respect you for that. But the question you ask is seriously, I mean, life threatening 
serious. And the point of it is, is as long as we continue to sow this seed of manipulation and con, that is a deception to tell people they got representation and then they don't. Because that's fraud. That's not equal protection under the law, and it's not due process. It's called extrinsic fraud. And then it okay. turns but, into coercion. John, so, I mean, we, we, we talk about people who are long-term listeners on this show, okay, they, they, they've heard a lot of this. What's the, I want to hear a solution. What's the solution? Right. Well, the first solution I said was let's work by mutual assent. And you rightfully so say that there's 340 million people, and that seems impractical or impossible. I don't see it as impossible, but I'm going to take your word for it. So then I brought forth, okay, well, if the system's going to remain the way it is today, then let's enact a line-item veto power for every legal United States citizen so that way as the bill